Hey, this is Brett from the Effing Good Music blog on Instagram, and I'm your new host for the Music That Matters podcast, which is brought to you by the Society of Sound Music Media. I hope you enjoy. Now, what was it like when the pandemic hit and you were kind of probably, I'd assume, preparing to perform some of this and to really kind of put yourself out there a little bit more? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I literally just gotten a couple people together to start playing and practicing for like live shows, maybe like a month before um, the pandemic. So that like completely derailed that. Um, but it was almost kind of like a blessing in disguise as well, because like going from producing and working on everything solo to trying to trying to form like a full band right out the gate, it like was it was pretty daunting and pretty like um i guess stressful to say the least cuz like i don't have like a formal background in music so trying to teach like four people to play music or your music at the same time was a bit i didn't know how to navigate it yeah <laughs> so like at least since the pandemic hit it it forced me to sort of like cut things down a bit just work on the live stuff with Jesse get ourselves up to speed. And I think that's been a real asset. And then for releasing This Empty Town, I think we just figured that with it being the lockdown, people might need some music to listen to and might be more receptive to an album or have more time to check it out. doing it all yourself recording producing all of it so like how did you uh learn to play all these instruments and to record by yourself and you know because I think that a lot of people were probably pretty jealous of somebody that can just do it all from their room especially in 2020 yeah um I like I've always been playing music my whole life I started with the piano when I was pretty young and then more recently like learning guitar and and drums and bass and like the other things that I like kind of needed to fill out like a full band sound mm -hmm. um but yeah it was kind of like mid-college when I like actually invested in some recording equipment set up a little studio in my room and just started like filling in the blanks like learning guitar properly and learning bass and, and learning all those things to like start producing music that I wanted to I was like pretty inspired by like Youth Lagoon and like real estate and even Coldplay. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to do whatever I could to like start building out a, a sound that was somewhat inspired by those bands and just kind of picked up instruments along the way. Yeah, were there any artists that are, you know, like kind of like an Alex G type of DIY artist who really records by himself and, you know, doesn't need all of the labor of a record label? I mean, even though you are signed, but... Um, yeah. Are there any artists that you kind of drew inspiration from in that way? Uh, not from a production standpoint, I guess. Like, I never really knew how other people were, were doing things, or I didn't really know who was DIY or not. Um, mm -hmm. I just, like, it was the only means to make music, so I just kind of rolled with it. Right, um, yeah. I think that's how a lot of people get into it. Yeah, and then I found, like, you can do like pretty much everything you need to with a pretty minimal setup like it doesn't take a lot to like start producing 
kind of indie pop, indie rock sort of music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, I mentioned that, you know, you have a good amount of work, you know, for being around for three, four years. So is there one particular song that you would, you know, like kind of put on your shelf of your best work and something that maybe you'd recommend to, you know, new listeners? I I really like on the album, This Empty Town, the final track uh, next year. I think mm-hmm. of all the songs that I've written and recorded so far, that's probably my favorite. Just because it like, I think it blends like everything that I kind of like in music, whether it be like atmospheric swells, uh, kind of like the nature sounds that are like mixed in at the beginning, um, layered guitars, like harmonized guitars and kind of like vocal chants as well. I, I think right. it, like everything kind of just clicked on that one. So mm-hmm. I think if I had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be next year, I'd say. And in this last year, I mean, you have This Empty Town and then you also have Blooms, which you did with your friend Jesse. And I know that yeah. that's like kind of like a funny story about how you guys met. Like, I don't know if you want to retell that, but yeah. Yeah, we were um, with the support work. I was at a training session and I'd kind of seen Jesse like around the same building, but I never knew who he was or we never actually properly met. But at this training session, we ended up sitting side by side, just started talking a little bit. He asked me if I wanted to grab lunch with him on the break. And then we found out we both worked on music. We were both local. We both produced and kind of just started a musical relationship from there. Like I started playing in his band live and um, he's more recently started playing in mine. Uh, and then it finally hit the point where I was like, we should probably just do something collaborative and do a little project together. And that's, that's kind of how Bloom's came to be. Yeah. Well, I've read actually that, um, I'm not sure how, how recent this is, but the article that I was reading said that you'd only performed once prior to the pandemic. Um, is that still true? Have you performed much more like, since I, I don't know how it is in Canada, actually, you mentioned that you're still pretty much in a lockdown. Um, so I guess you haven't really been performing much more. <laughs> yeah, like we've been in and out of lockdowns pretty much since the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before the pandemic, I played one like small house show. So I, I've been like super fresh when it comes to like live music and, and playing live. It's definitely mm-hmm. still like a pretty new experience. Um, but at least since like the pandemic started, I've done maybe three or four like live stream shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like a work in progress. And I'm still trying to like build out a, a full band while navigating the pandemic and the lockdowns as well. Yeah, so you're planning on putting together a full band for live performances. You're not gonna just play from, you know, like your computer and stuff like that, I guess. Ideally, yeah. I really want to do my best to like build out, like get a drummer, get a bassist, get some someone on synth and Jesse on guitar and and myself on guitar as well and just see how that feels. Because mm-hmm. like, I feel like the music is, is a pretty full band sound. It's kind of hard to like justify using backing tracks and drum machines. But for the time being, I think it's worked and it's been pretty fun playing and practicing that way nonetheless 
Yeah. And I'm sure, well, I'm sure that with your music, especially just like the sound that you produce, it's probably pretty tough to find musicians that can play how you want it to be played. You know, it's not, um, it's not exactly uh, chord progressions and, uh, you know, rhythm. It's a lot of atmospheric swells, like you mentioned. Yeah, um, that's definitely been a roadblock because I, I live in a pretty small town. Um, mm -hmm. So like my at least like local music connections have been pretty minimal up until right. now. It's like I know like one guy who plays guitar. I know one guy who like does this or that and it doesn't give you a lot of options. Um, right. So yeah, figuring, figuring out the full band has been tricky almost primarily because of that but like as the more i like do this and the more my music gets out there the more people i meet um yeah well you you know you've got a pretty big following already i mean yeah i've been like blown away by the like reception of the music i wasn't expecting anything releasing like the first ep that kind of caught some traction um mm -hmm. and then it did and like things have just continued to grow from there so i've just been trying to keep the momentum going but yeah, it's it's been cool because like the the larger it gets, like the more bands you meet, the more people in your like circle of music you you meet, and it's kind of been sweet growing that community. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure, like you know, since 2018, since that first EP, you know, like you've been, like you said, you know, you've been gaining some traction. And then going into 2020, I'm sure that you had been working on this empty town for you know during 2019 before the pandemic. You know, what was it like when the pandemic hit and you were kind of probably, I'd assume, preparing to perform some of this and to really kind of put yourself out there a little bit more? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I literally just gotten a couple of people together to start playing and practicing for like live shows maybe like a month before um, the pandemic. So that like completely derailed that um, but it was almost kind of like a blessing in disguise as well, because like going from producing and working on everything solo to trying to trying to form like a full band right out the gate, it like was it was pretty daunting and pretty mm -hmm. like, um, I guess, stressful to say the least, because like I don't have like a formal background in music. So trying to teach like four people to play music or your music at the same time was a bit I didn't know how to navigate it. <laughs> yeah. So like, at least since the pandemic hit, it, it forced me to sort of like cut things down a bit, just work on the live stuff with Jesse, get ourselves up to speed. And I think that's been a real asset. And then for releasing This Empty Town, I think we just figured that with it being the lockdown, people might need some music to listen to and might be more receptive to an album or have more time to check it out. So Yeah, and I think your music is kind of was kind of perfect for um the pandemic. I mean, I know that, you know, it kind of has like a this melancholic feeling a lot of it, but for me personally, I kind of get like this like this ray of sunshine feeling, you know, like kind of like early morning you walk out and like the sun is like just heating up on you and like the birds are chirping. I don't know. This is like kind of just what I was feeling. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Yeah. I think that it would have, that it definitely would have kind of put uh, people in a good place or a better place, at least during this pandemic. Yeah. Like I'll get the like odd 
odd message from like someone saying that like it helped them through like a tough time or like anything like that and like during the pandemic it's it means a lot that like people kind of received it that way and it it was Mm -hmm. beneficial in some way to some people it's it's cool um i have like zero regrets releasing it during lockdown Mm -hmm. for sure yeah well so you know you have like this empty town and then blooms which you just came out with um, how do you see your sound developing further? Are you going to try to conquer new ground or are you going to really look to flesh out this sound that you've been establishing? I think like a, a little mix of both. Like I'm, I'm currently working on album number two right now and it kind of just does feel like a more fully like realized version of what I've been recording before. Yeah, like I feel like I learned a lot recording this empty town the more music that i've made the more i like learn about production and like mixing better and all of that so i think like that's continuing to get to new levels Mm -hmm. um and i guess inspiration just constantly changes as well so it's like fully more fully developed sound but then like treading new territory as well i think Mm -hmm. and so you know, with this new territory, I guess, what kind of drives you, drives your inspiration, I should say, in, you know, lyrically, musically, where do you kind of draw your influence from? Because I know that you've mentioned artists like Starfucker and, uh, you know, a little early Coldplay and Youth Lagoon and stuff like that, and this like dream pop type of escape. Um, Do you, um, I guess I should say, do you draw influence mostly from these contemporary types of artists or do you also, you know, like where do you, where do your influences come from, I guess? I feel like like those influences were ones that like got me into making music pri- like in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would say like since recording almost all the music for Jaguar Sun in general, like my influence just constantly changes based on like the last 10 people I was listening to on like Spotify. I feel like mm-hmm. it's different every week. Um, so it's kind of like constantly like pulling like inspiration from like indie pop bands, garage rock bands, like electronic R&B bands, just like trying to like dig little bits and pieces from everything I'm listening to. Because something stands out, it usually sticks. And then I can try like a beat like that or like mixing in like acoustic guitar like this band or like, yeah, just kind of taking like little elements from different genres and and hopefully piecing it together. Do you think that you have like one big band that, you know, is kind of like, it, they might not even have the biggest influence on your music, but is there one band that is kind of like your uh, cornerstone of a band? I, I almost feel like I have to say uh, like any of early Coldplay stuff, like they were mm-hmm. such an inspiration, like and such a nostalgic band, like back in, like high school and kind of like the more formative years of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of owe it to Coldplay to say like, from like Parachutes to X and Y and even some of their more like recent work, like they're a big inspiration. Yeah, well, so yeah, you mentioned nostalgia and I know that one of the themes on This Empty Town was kind of this bittersweet nostalgia you mentioned. Um, Does that come from, you know, your experience of living in a small town and, you know, like in Southern Ontario, I mean, 
I don't know who's listening to this, but um, I'm I'm American, so I don't know the landscape too well of you know Southern Ontario. Um, so where does this bittersweet nostalgia come from? Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I've been in this like town for so long. Like I, I moved to this small town at the beginning of high school, and I'm currently still in the same place. Like uh, all these years later, because I'm like 28 now or 27, mm. but. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like writing music in a, a place where like you experience so much stuff, but you're still here like after all of that stuff has sort of happened. So that's definitely been like a big inspiration on the music, especially this empty town. Um, I really tried to focus on that, exactly that, I guess, like the feeling yeah. of being in like the place that you grew up when yeah. other people have moved on and moved out or like things have changed or you don't see your friends as much, but... Yeah, I well, I think that uh, Rab and Trier, yeah. either. I want it to be like, because there's good memories and still good memories here. So definitely, and I think that everybody uh, doesn't matter where you're from. I think that everybody can kind of uh, relate to that small town feeling. I know that I can. I grew up in a, I you know, it's a suburb, but um, it still is. You know, has has a bit of a small town feel, and I know that you know, small town artists have always kind of resonated with everybody throughout history. Um. So I think that no matter where you're from, you can kind of relate to that feeling of that bittersweet nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. It's like just a, a really good feeling to draw from for for music. Mm -hmm. For me, I always love like channeling that. Mm -hmm. And so with your new EP, um, you collaborated with Jesse on it. And I understand that two of the songs were pretty much all you and then two of the songs were pretty much like all him with both of you kind of, you know, uplifting each other on both of those tracks. Can you tell me about that relationship? Yeah. Um, it was kind of like a nice way to work on it almost because we were like, we recorded most of it during a lockdown as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of just like back and forth file sharing and, and going into the EP, like we had already been playing one of the songs rain pours off the EP live. And that was a song that I had like started recording, I think like two years ago, but never finished. And when we brought it back to life with the live stuff, Jesse just uh, started adding new guitar parts that I like, I would have never even thought of um, mm -hmm. the latter half of the song. And that's kind of what sparked the idea to get like a couple more tracks together and release them as like mm -hmm. a collaborative piece. So like I had the core of, sunset and rain pours already recorded but then jesse like was able to go in and add like a little bit of his guitar and a little bit of his spin on the tracks and then vice versa with jesse's autumn fire and uh blooms he kind of had those two ideas already in place and i was able to go in and spice things up with like some lap steel guitar and like other atmospheric guitar elements mm -hmm. I, I like it was kind of like that subtle collaboration that really made it work and made it special as well, I think. Yeah. Um, how do you think his influences are kind of kind of differ from yours? And, you know, like how they, you know, uh, interacted with each other in your collaboration? Yeah. Um, I think like Jesse lies more, much more in a, a folky sort of like singer songwriter realm, especially with his music previously, like it's a lot more minimal than mine. Um, in a really like beautiful way. And I think it was kind of cool, like pairing 
my like more pop oriented like dream pop kind of like soundscape uh vibe with his like more minimal singer songwriter elements and i think the two just kind of mesh really well because i kind of delve into like the more folky side of things but like it was really able to lean into that with like jesse's tracks is that something you're looking to get out of uh you know being in a band or are you within are you looking to make it kind of like a tame and poly you know like all kevin parker in the studio and then live is basically just the studio version with improvisations here and there or are you looking to kind of have a more collaborative relationship in the studio i think i'll always love recording solo the most Mm -hmm. um there's just something about like being able to like jump into the studio and do whatever you want whenever you want and right have like full creative freedom over something mm-hmm. um especially while there's still ideas there like i feel like i've got a good amount of musical ideas left that i want to like push through and see so like for the time being my favorite will always be the record solo kind of like a kevin parkerish dynamic mm-hmm. um but then yeah like when it comes to the live stuff like give everyone the freedom to like take those song ideas and expand on them and play them in a new way Mm -hmm. because I know like a lot of the music that Jesse and I've played like he's added his own guitar bits that aren't in the recorded versions and it's it's been really cool um but like this experience collaborating with Jesse too like definitely opened my eyes to like what collaborating with other musicians can be Mm -hmm. well um actually I think that I have an artist to recommend for you um, not even so much from a musical perspective, because for me, I'm still trying to wrap my head around his music, but Frank Zappa is a very much like self-creating musician, kind of like how you mentioned, you know, and he has that attitude of, you know, like I need to be able to make what I want when I want and have the musicians kind of perform it. And he started out in a band and then later on basically became a composer like a full-time composer and during live shows he would have an entire band like orchestra band everybody and uh he would you know strap his guitar on and you know play like 10 solos in the night but for the most part he was really just conducting and working improv and everything like that and i think that you'd find uh him at least very interesting on uh on an artist level yeah I have like heard the name so many times, but I've never actually listened to his music. So I yeah, would definitely- you got, got similar facial hair too. <laughs> he's got the stash going as well. <laughs> yeah, he's got a very iconic mustache. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'll definitely dig into some Frank Zappa. That's really yeah. cool. He's got, it's, it's very odd music. I have to warn you. A lot of it is satire and, you know, um, it's it's strange it's very strange because uh needs to. <laughs> yeah well his influences are very atypical especially for his generation you know at that time it was elvis uh chuck berry that he was born in that era when those guys really broke the world open but while that was happening with guys like the beatles he was listening to like uh you know noise composers like edgar veracy and just like these right these very obscure artists and was kind of just going along this totally different path, making completely different music than all these people. 
and really learning to compose and produce himself and going through all these struggles that you're talking about of, you know, the creative process and everything. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, when are you looking to get back to performing? Do you have any sort of timetable? Is there any hope? <laughs> um, I mean, like, it, it's so dependent on, like, everything that's going on in, like, Canada and the province and stuff. But, like, as soon as possible, um, I know, like, I've got another pre-recorded live uh, set that I'm working towards, like, later in the summer. And I'm hoping to at least expand the band a little bit for that, like, whether it be a, a bass player or, like, a synth player or what have you. But, like... I would love to like just have a full band in place by like fall winter and then really hit hit the ground running in 2022 if possible uh, (laughs) i think things will be back to normal by then fingers crossed yeah um how are you going about uh you know you mentioned that you live in a small town how are you going about finding band members what is that like i think uh thankfully um with this last year doing the live streams that I've done, just like met a lot more people locally. Um, So it's less locally in my small town, but I do live like at least close to larger cities. Um, How far are you from Toronto? Toronto's an hour away from here. Okay. And I've got like some smaller, like major cities, maybe like 10, 15 minutes out places that I've, typically been disconnected from like I didn't really Mm -hmm. know the music scene or local musicians before but uh working with different people for like the live streams has kind of opened the open those doors a bit more so just kind of hoping to tap into that and and find who's out there and see who's like willing to play and also tour if the opportunity arises and right well um I guess with uh with this music scene that's relatively close by, have you gotten any insight into like any sort of scene that's going on? Are there trending genres in you know like the relative indie scene nearby? I think uh, Toronto is probably like the closest, truly like thriving music scene. But like I know that the city that I live beside Waterloo has a lot of like artists and sort of the indie rock like rock sphere um it's kind of cool like learning about more bands in that world because i i typically like kept myself and didn't really like look out anywhere else i like just stayed in my room recording music as much as possible i didn't really know what was going on in the local scene or anything like that but i feel like i'm finally getting past that (laughs) yeah well i think people kind of forget sometimes that you know canada really produces some of the greatest artists that we've seen and you know like a lot of it is kind of overlooked because you know on the surface it's tough to tell the difference between an american and a canadian so everyone kind of just assumes american and but you know like you've got mac demarco neil young Joni mitchell you know like all of these fantastic artists really for all of popular music history that have come through canada so i think that um you know people need to be reminded a little bit that uh you know, Canada is not to be underestimated. Yeah, I I, I, lo- I love repping like Canada from that standpoint too. It's kind of cool. I'm definitely like proud of a lot of the artists that have like come out of this country. It's kind of amazing to see. Um, and it's it was kind of cool like 
at the beginning or closer to the beginning of Jaguar Sun as well, like I was able to like release through a, a French record label over in Paris. So like it was kind of cool spreading the music out of Canada too, like right out the gate, like getting some following overseas and then like listeners in the States. Like I think most of most of my listeners are from the States. So it's kind of like cool repping Canada and then having that following elsewhere. Right. Is an international tour something you'd ever consider? Yeah, for sure. Like I would love to. I I don't look forward to like navigating how that works like from a, a logistical <laughs> like a, standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it'd be really cool to go like overseas at some point or like it, no matter what like a, a tour through the states is going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. But uh what do you think uh, you'd stop first in the states? Hmm. I I border uh, like New York State, so mm-hmm. I feel like New York, Philly, all those places would be a cool place to start. Um, Have you been to the states? I've been to New York City once, and I went to Pennsylvania when I was like really young. Okay. So aside from that, I'm like not really. What do you remember about New York City? Was it very you know like overwhelming compared to the small town? Um. I at least like growing up in this small town, I still spent a lot of time like going to Toronto and stuff like, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely used to larger cities for sure. But New York was really cool. Like I loved it. I went when I was in college and like, I don't know, everyone was really nice. It was really cool seeing the city and seeing all these spots that you see in like classic movies from this like States in New York city. And what was the occasion for uh, going to New York during college? Just, for the hell of it it was a kind of for the hell of it but also somewhat educational like Mm -hmm. i went when i was in graphic design and we went and checked out like some like studios in in the city and went to the museums to check out art but aside from that it was kind of like do whatever you want right so what did you do in your free time did you like go see shows did you just hang around i don't know you know I really wish I like thought to go see shows while I was there. We kind of just like toured around, like uh, saw like the typical sites, like uh, Central Park, and and I like think I hit up like every single museum, and went to like Soho and and Chinatown and right. Kind of good food. Typical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got some pizza. Super good pizza. <laughs> It was just like standard, typical tourists there. Yeah, I don't know what the pizza situation's like in uh, Southern Ontario. So, but pe- yeah. but pizza in New York is standardly very good. Yeah, it was like miles ahead of here, <laughs> but I have like insanely low pizza standards. So like, Domino's and do you guys have Domino's? I don't even Pizza Hut. <laughs> I believe we have Domino's. We have Pizza Hut for sure. Little Caesars. I don't know. America has the same brands but we've got if if there's a brand we've got it yeah <laughs> there's a, any sort, any sort of fast food um factory made brand we've got it it's there <laughs> yeah yeah your selection's uh, a lot better than Canada <laughs> it's a, it's a little overwhelming sometimes it uh it leads to a lack of decision making especially when it comes to food I think <laughs> for me at least I I'm incredibly indecisive when it comes to anything like that <laughs> take yeah. like an hour looking at uber eats 
pick anything. <laughs> and I don't pick anything in the end. I just give up. Yeah, I know exactly. You just walk into the store, can't find anything because there's too much, <laughs> and you just walk out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, did, I forgot to ask you, actually, but how did you come up with the name Jaguar Sun? Where does that come from? Uh, that was a result of me being incredibly indecisive as well. That's um, kind of where I was... I think that where it came back to me yeah I it took months like I was just like writing down every possible thing like I I was looking at like books and like looking at the first word I saw and then combining it with the second word I saw and like looking at objects in the room uh but like the one day I was just like sitting down and I thought jaguar jaguar is like a cool cat cool word and then I just started Mm -hmm. like placing it with other words and eventually landed on sun and I was like that works I mean it sounds pretty natural honestly and I don't know if you know this but that's actually how the Grateful Dead got their name just combining uh, like random well they flipped the dictionary this is and I'm pretty sure that this is confirmed as true and it's not just like legend but um yeah the Grateful Dead apparently they opened up a dictionary twice or they opened it up to one page and I guess like grateful was on one side of the page and then dead was on the other side of the page or they opened it up twice, whatever. And they just like clicked two words, not clicked. I mean, pointed <laughs> to God, listen to me. I'm like a Gen Z. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they just like picked two words out of the dictionary and it was grateful and dead. And they just landed on those two kind of brilliantly put together words. I love that. Yeah. Like it's kind of, cool when you when you come across something like that like it doesn't have a backstory but like I guess it not having a backstory sort of becomes the backstory and then it just is what it is the best backstory (laughs) ever (laughs) yeah I'm glad I don't have to think of it anymore though like I was like racking my brain for way too long and I finally just committed to Jaguar Sun and rolled with it would you ever see uh maybe not a change in name but I guess maybe just a change in uh in dynamic would you ever think about you know like and maybe not in the near future but maybe like uh five years down the line ten years down the line would you ever think about maybe uh going away from the solo idea that you've you know talked about and really kind of having more of a uh like a band dynamic yeah um part of me feels like with Jaguar Sun I'll always keep it as a solo project but I've always loved the ideas of like starting random side projects and yeah starting from scratch with like a different genre, different feel, more Mm -hmm. band members, maybe like more writers and things like that. And just have fun with it. Like I've always loved the idea of starting like a random garage rock band or like surf rock band or Mm -hmm. delving more into like the electronic side and doing something more along those lines. And I think just for like, cause I kind of like, somewhat like consistency with music i would just need to like make it something entirely different Mm -hmm. and like let it have its own space so yeah like totally open to like a band dynamic from a writing standpoint but it would probably be like a side project if it was right yeah and uh you know like with like finding these band members and stuff like that um do you have kind of like a desired genre that you might want to branch into i mean you just said like a you know, a whole list of genres, but is there kind of music that you love that you haven't really been able to manifest musically on a production recording standpoint? Definitely like garage rock and surf rock. Like I love like 
that sound and it just sounds so much fun to play like bands like together pangea or like frights were were one i listened to a while back and like um even broncho kind of like delving into some some of the more like grungy like guitar tones mm. and like straightforward beats and and all of that like it just seems like a really fun genre to live in um so i think if i were to ever start like legitimately start a side project it'd probably be that um mm -hmm. something inspired by that at least out of all the instruments you play which one like would you pick what do you think you're the best at i think guitar has quickly like taken over as my like primary instrument um especially from a writing standpoint uh it used to be keys and like piano because that was like my first uh instrument that i learned but like i don't know since starting jaguar sun i just like doubled down on the guitar and anytime i'm writing anything it starts there um mm. so 100 percent guitar at this point yeah and uh i guess um for one of my uh i've got a few more questions i could ask but uh to to start winding down i think um with being a guitar player without getting too technical you know like what do you have to you know what uh, type of advice do you have to give to some new musicians who kind of are in your type of situation you know we're we're all in this like pandemic we're all in this room and you know some of us might have uh you know some experience playing some instruments and you know we can dabble here and there you know what do you have to uh offer to people in terms of you know creating your own music mm -hmm. i would with the guitar it was a bit weird because like i had initially when i first picked it up just started playing with open tunings because it was like easier for me to grasp onto and just kind of create like shapes and sounds that like were cohesive i guess mm -hmm. um but i think like once i started like learning I guess like standard tuning and, and the normal chords and all of that and and started like trying to find like a style that I enjoyed playing or or anything like that. I feel like the thing that helped me the most was just like, and I think that helps most people the most is is finding songs that I like, learning like hearing chords that I like, I know I like that chord and I love how it sounds with this chord and then learning those and just playing like every day, like mm -hmm. try and stay as consistent as possible and you'll like quickly find that like, weeks pass and you're like way better than you were like a month ago and it just keeps going and going um mm -hmm. so yeah just constantly like find new guitar inspo new chords mm -hmm. new chord progressions and patterns and then find your own way to connect those and and make something new out of it i guess but this sounds pretty tough i mean like uh how how many hours do you put into this you know you're kind of saying this so casually but, you know, someone's like, okay, so what do I have to sit down for, you know, 10 hours and learn how to play the guitar? I mean, how many hours do you, do you realistically put into playing each day? I don't, I think like, I don't know if it's, it's never consistent. Cause like, I never adhered to any sort of like schedule. I just like casually started learning it. And then like, I would hear a song where like, something sounds cool so i'd like pick it up and try and learn that um maybe like at least play for an hour a day or like mm -hmm. every other day 
and yeah, I don't know, go from there. <laughs> I, I, I have a tough time with that because like I would just tackle instruments with no knowledge and just like keep failing until things sounded right. Um, so like learning guitar, it was just a constantly like experimenting with like, if this chord shape works here, what does it sound like up here? And if it sounds bad, just move it around until it sounds good sort of thing. Good like it was triads. all kind of by ear. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, well, I guess I'll, I'll finish up with this last question. Without revealing too much, do you have any work that is kind of in the books? Do you have any songs that are completed or at least near complete? Yeah, like I would say with, with this next album, a lot of these songs are coming together pretty quick. Like my, my goal is to have all the songs finished recording by the end of the summer and nothing's confirmed, but like potentially dropping winter or something around then. Mm -hmm. But like, it's hopefully gonna be around like nine, 10 songs. And I think like seven, seven of them are coming together pretty well right now. Um, so there's a lot on the horizon for sure. Okay. That's good to hear because I mean, you know, there's been so much work already from 2018, hopefully in another three, four years, you're going to at least double this stuff. I mean, I think, I think you've got it talking about how much you play and like, you know, and you just seem like a, like a workaholic when it comes to making music. Yeah. It's just like the recording producing aspect of everything is my absolute favorite. Like, mm -hmm. I just love that part of the process. So I feel like I'm always like kind of working on stuff in the background. And then when it comes time to like figure out what goes together and, and get an album going or a larger project, it's just like, I'm ready to go all the time. <laughs> have you thought about, um, I mean, I don't know if people have reached out to you already or at all about this, but have you ever thought about producing or engineering other people's albums? With yeah, for sure. Yeah? Um, I've, I'm definitely like open to that. And it's kind of cool when those come through, like I have to be somewhat cautious about not taking on too much work. I've found that like, it's really easy to like overextend when you're tackling most stuff yourself. Um, so like when I'm like knee deep in an album, I usually just like keep my eyes on that and go for it. But like, I'm hoping that as like things progress and and I start like making even more friends out there, like more opportunities like producing or collaborating from that standpoint come out. All right, well, that's cool. I hope, uh, and I, th I think, and I, I have hope for you. I think that it'll happen. I think you're gonna get out there and I, and I hope to see you in New York pretty soon. Yeah, I would love to, man. I can't wait to like get out there.